Welcome to the Multi-Passionaire Podcast. My name is Olivia Martin, and this is episode 23 of the Multi-Passionaire. In today's episode, Sharon and I dive into aspects of starting with an idea and building it into a company. Sharon has over eight years of experience in digital and influencer marketing within the fashion sector. She's based in Paris and is a graduate of Parsons Paris, a school known for its art and design programs. At the start of the pandemic, Sharon had a desire to build her vision into a brand, and she founded her communication agency, Brands Media Group, which is a full-service content and digital media agency based in Paris and Montreal. We talk about the process of starting with an idea and building it into a brand, learnings and strategies of starting a company, and growing an entrepreneurial vision to life. So I'm with Sharon, and we're going to kick off with a question that I ask each guest, and it's the million-dollar question. So what's an idea or a passion that you've had and you've always wanted to embark on and create, but you haven't done so yet? Ooh, I love that. I feel like there's so many things I've done, but not a lot of things that I haven't done. So, but if there's one thing, it's definitely to work at Disney and to be an illustrator because I draw and I've been drawing my whole life, but I'm also so interested and passionate about social media. And that's why I launched my agency. So I'm happy I did that, but I'm also like, oh, should I still, you know, apply to Disney, Pixar? Because like, I see the jobs. I know they're still looking for like animator and illustrators. So that's definitely something that I would maybe do in the future. That's so awesome. And that's such like a unique answer. And I think it's really interesting. So if you say, for instance, you got your dreamed job at Disney and it would be like within illustrating, what do you think you would want to like work on most? Like the brand or like kind of like what avenue within that? I think I'd definitely love to draw the beginning stage of cartoon characters. That's mainly what I'm like so interested in and I love doing. And I'm always drawing and like doodling. You know, sometimes I have like clients meeting on Zoom and right before it starts and just doodling like cartoon faces on my notebook. I'm not so much into the like 3D animation on computer. It's more of like the drawing by hand process that I'm interested in. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's super cool. So you're based in Paris, and I think that's so awesome. And I want to visit the city someday because that's so beautiful. And I'm just really like glad to connect with you remotely. And just so the listeners know, like we're dealing with the time zone difference. So I'm just glad we were able to make this work. Yeah, it's so like I feel lucky that you reached out to me and that we're able to do this because it's true. Right now it's 4 p.m. The sun is shining, but <laughs> I know for you it's like bright and early still. It's like 10 a.m. for me. Yeah. <laughs> So I want to hear about like your career and like life story. So where did your kind of interest in fashion start to like begin? It's funny you say this because, you know, now I'm in Paris and I feel like, I mean, obviously it's the fashion world capital. So I'm like the place where I need to be, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I feel like my mom had always this sense of style that I looked up to. And I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but it wasn't in the what she was wearing really it was more of like that carefree feeling when she was getting dressed like okay like I'll wear jeans a top a blazer and then accessorize and then uh you know cool shoes that goes with the bag so it's just kind of this ma- mindset that really struck to me and stayed with me and then I feel like you know, as soon as I could dress like by myself, I was picking out just really fun pieces of clothing. And this didn't change uh, up until now. I'm still always figuring out like, okay, how can I mix and match this? 
Um, how can I bring in a fun, unique accessory? I really don't like to, first of all, dress like everybody else is dressing. And basically, when I did my thesis at Parsons in fashion studies, I wrote it about French and American fashion influencers and their different way of dressing. And I found it so interesting that there was such this French touch, as they say, of, you know, the woman in Paris dressing. So it's the very simple yet elegant uh, woman, but also that doesn't really care what she wears. So she makes it seem like it's effortlessly put together, but really it's all thought of. So like she'll put this blazer, white tee and jeans and, you know, sneakers. But and you think, oh, wow, this is so simple. Like she probably took two seconds to get dressed. But no, she really thought of all the details. I feel like I've just loved fashion really since the beginning of time. And I feel so lucky that I was able to study it. And now uh, with Brands Media Group that I'm able to work with clients that are in fashion and that are in the lifestyle sector and the beauty sector. It's really something that, you know, followed me throughout all these years. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned like being in Paris, like that's like a fashion icon of a city. How has that kind of like influenced your work? And I guess further, like how has it influenced like your company, like its mission? Yeah, that's such a good question. First of all, because I'm French, I was born here and then I grew up in Canada. I really feel both French, but also really Canadian because I was there for 17 years. So Brands Media Group is really, really both French and Canadian. And actually, the structure itself is Canadian. Um, I It's based out of Canada. But I would say the whole aesthetic of it. So if if you guys are listening right now, if you go on Instagram and uh, search at Brands Media Group, you'll see that the page is very inspired with the Paris aesthetic. So it's very beige. It's very uh, minimalist, simple, and just you know, chic with a little like cursive writing. And that I would say that's how, uh, you know, Paris influenced this type of work. But then with our clients, obviously we have to adapt to what they want, what they need, what's their brand identity. But overall, I feel like Paris right now is just such an inspiring city to be in. And, you know, especially when it's fashion week, there's so many events, you meet people and it's just, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you're like, whoa, like I want to know what's happening outside right now. So let me get dressed and let me go get my coffee outside and just like see the world. It's kind of this energy. Yeah, I love that. And you're so spot on, even though I've never been to Paris, I can say whenever like you travel somewhere, you're so influenced by like the culture surrounding you. So like if you just go grab a coffee at like a cafe, you're able to like work and gain inspiration. So it's super interesting just having that ability to do that. Totally. And I feel like when I lived in New York, it was so different because I was there for a year and um, I, I didn't like it, actually, because it was too much for me. And I'm like the go, go, go type of person. But New York was just too much. And I feel like even getting that cup of coffee, you know, like I was walking out, getting that like urge of energy, getting the cup of coffee. But then after the cup of coffee, there was no I mean, maybe I didn't go to the right spots, but I found there was no place to actually like sit and just chill and kind of just look around you. And in New York, I used to do that also. I always look around me to see how people are dressed, where are they going, but they were going so quick. Like I didn't even have time to, you know, to actually like take it in. I love New York City just because like, it's such like a fun place to be. And like, like you're saying, it's so fast paced, but like you're so spot on in the fact that if you go to a restaurant, there are like really not places to sit. You're like more so standing and eating. So it's definitely like a different atmosphere. Yeah, no, totally. And that's why I came to Paris. I just thought I needed a change in of environment and I'm lucky that I'm French. So I asked the school if I could transfer 
And it was very last minute, but they said yes, just because I didn't need a student visa because I was French and had the passport. So I like left New York just, you know, in a heartbeat. (laughs) I kind of want to dive into the process of like taking an idea and then building it into a brand, kind of similar of what you did with your company. Have you always wanted to like start a business? Yeah, I always did, but not just to start a business, more about managing and having a team of my own. I've always loved to work with others and to build things with others. I feel like when I was little, I used to, my brother and I used to play Lego and we used to build like cities. And I remember we used to be like, okay, this is the hospital. This is the market. This is blah, blah, blah. And I just loved this feeling of like growing something and building something. So it wasn't in the plan to do it so soon. Uh, I just knew I always wanted to do it. So I did because COVID hit and I was back home in Montreal and I was like, you know what, let's just do it. And now I'm so happy that I did because we're a team of three and it's just growing slowly but surely. And there's so many responsibilities. There's so many scary things also coming my way, but I wouldn't have it any other way because in the end of the day, yes, I just knew I wanted to uh, have something of, of my own and but grow it together with someone else. Absolutely. And I think you're so right on the fact that your mission is focused on not really saying I started a business, but more so I'm starting this business because I'm wanting to fill this need. And that's kind of like the golden nugget of like entrepreneurship, because you're trying to fulfill something that society is looking for. So like, yeah, that's so amazing. What kind of made you want to go into like the communication sector? So I studied communications and marketing uh, when I did my bachelor in Tel Aviv, and it was for three years. So yeah, I feel like I'm going all around the place and I I didn't really tell people the (laughs) the storyline. So I was born in Paris, but then I grew up in Montreal and then I went to Tel Aviv to do my bachelor. And then the master was one year in New York and one year in Paris. And now I stayed here. But so in Montreal, I didn't get accepted to a program that I wanted to go in, which was 3D animation, uh, because I wanted to do, uh, you know, illustration, as I said at the beginning. And so I went to another program called Studio Arts, because I knew from the start that I wanted to go into a sector that is more into the arts and into the creative side. And actually, all my friends and family were like, oh, my God, you don't want to be a doctor. You don't want to be a a lawyer like what are you doing in arts and I was like just let me do my thing and so after that I had classes in journalism and communications and I was like oh I really like this and so I applied to this school in Tel Aviv to study it and I just fell in love with it I love the way that uh, you know through social media we can connect with people just like right now you and I are doing a podcast episode and a week ago you liked to picture of us on Brands Media Group and I DM'd you and now we're here. So yeah, that's what I love about social media. It's who you meet, who, uh, you know, you can work with, uh, whoever likes your stuff, you can get inspired by other people. It's obviously, you know, there's bad and good things about it. But when you look at the good part, it's just super incredible what uh, the founders of Instagram have created. And that's really mainly why I love communication, because first of all, I love speaking. I love speaking with people. I love hearing people's stories. And now I get to translate what people want for their brands on their account, which is so special. Yeah. And I think that's so beautiful that you kind of took like the vision and like kind of your purpose that you like to do, like your interest. And then you turned that into something that you can actually help other people achieve. Once you do that, it kind of just makes your interest kind of grow in a way because you're able to help other people kind of see the vision that you see and then kind of build out their own portfolio from there. 
Yeah, totally. And sometimes there's uh, clients who, you know, they need to call us and they tell us, oh, listen, we want like this and this followers. We, we want to grow our Instagram. And I'm just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go back to your why. Like, why did you start your business? Why are you doing this? What is your product giving to other people? Like, let's go back to the roots of it all. And that's also sometimes what I have to remind myself when, you know, there's days that are super nonstop and super stressful and I'm stopping for a second and I'm asking myself, okay, what am I here for? Like, why did I start Brands Media Group? And then I go back to that mission, vision, and it's more of like, okay, clear path now. That's always like a great like aspect of just going back to the roots, especially I think there's this one quote that I've read before. It's like whenever you're amongst the weeds and like there's too many things like going on, if you like stay to your like roots, you're able to like really just see like why you did something and then kind of flourish it from there. Yeah, I love that. I feel like once you, you know, you stay true to who you are also. Uh, you'll just be aligned in the path that like you're supposed to be in. Um, that's also why sometimes we have to say no to clients that come to us because we know that, you know, it's clients that don't align with the kind of clients we want to work with. And it's hard to say no, but also it's putting us on the right path. So yeah, we're learning from that also. Absolutely. So once you knew that you wanted to like build something within fashion and like a communication agency, how did you kind of start to like develop the idea? So like getting clients, building your website, like figuring out your services, like kind of the gist of that. So I was pretty spontaneous, but also if anybody knows me personally, it's that they know that uh, I do things pretty spontaneous. So I'm never like a big thinker and will sit on it for, you know, a month. I'm just like, okay, should, do I want to do this? Yes. Okay. Let's start. So uh, the hardest part for me was finding a name. A lot of dinners with my family, brainstorming. We decided on Brands Media Group just because brand is my last name. So it just made sense to to put it uh, in there. Also, the longest thing was the website. So basically, after I had the name, I was talking to my friend who's a graphic designer. She made two logos for me. And then we went on with the website. So the website was a lot of back and forth. It took three weeks in total to create it. And then after it launched, I have a really strong network in Paris, Montreal, um, Tel Aviv, and New York. The moment that I launched uh, BMG and I announced it on all my social media platforms, a lot of people referred me to people that uh, needed help on Instagram. And so my first three clients, they came from friends of mine who spoke about us, uh, about BMG. And then it kind of was like a snowball effect. So, you know, it was the network, it was other people talking about us, then the team was growing. So other people had other networks and other people speaking. So for now, it was only like that. And today we're only starting paid social and a really like cold calls prospection because, you know, it's been a year. And of course, it, there's always going to be the network, but we can't always just count on it and wait out until someone comes our way. Yeah. And I think that's like really great that you kind of utilize like your network, because if you've heard of the quote, it's like your network is your net worth because word of mouth is so powerful like it can literally take something like zero to a hundred instantly yeah and i always tell everyone if they have a story to tell if they want to say something to someone else just about you know something they're doing a project they're starting then talk about it like on your stories on facebook status on twitter uh, if you're going for coffee with a friend just tell her about it if you're having dinner with someone just talk about it at dinner because in the end you never know if in a month, in a year, in five months, they'll need you. 
sometimes they talk about BMG and a few months later, um, they write to me, oh, hey, I remember you talked to me about your company and someone needs help. So I just send them your website and they'll contact you. And I'm like, wow, who would have thought? But really, it's real, you know? And it's all about connections. Like you'll never know like the person you meet on the street, what they could make like an impact in your life. And I kind of like to think of it as like, if you're very like a extrovert and you really like to meet people, like you'll never meet a stranger in your life because you're always trying to kind of connect and build those relationships with people. Yeah. I think I'm an extrovert, so I could totally just know that. Yeah. So you said that you structured your company in Canada, correct? Yes. So whenever you were like creating your company, you're also spontaneous. Did you kind of start with like a business plan or did you just like go for it and kind of start to build it out from there? Wow. Olivia, I have to say, I love your questions. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I didn't have a business plan, but I did have my dad who helped me kind of understand how, you know, uh, starting a business was going to be. So like opening up a bank account, registering the name and, you know, all the files that I needed to do and to have done. So this was something. But then uh, after I launched on May 2020, Uh, A month after, so in June, I actually started dating my boyfriend, my current boyfriend, who was in consulting uh, and management. And so he does business plans. Uh, You know, he writes mission and vision for a big company. And he was like, do you have a business plan? And I was like, I don't. And so we sat for maybe five hours and he helped me write basically the vision, the mission, our values and the business plan. So I still have the business plan and it's kind of like a work in progress. It's always changing, editing, you know, deleting, adding. It's nothing is concrete. It's a pretty good one. And I feel like thankfully and luckily we've been following it pretty well since last year. So I hope it continues that way. Yeah. And I think that's the way to go whenever you're building something. When you have just that like time, it's good to like brute force it in a way and just like knock it out in a long time span. Just because I feel like when you do it all in one go, it basically allows you to have the most ideas and it just kind of like just flows well. Yeah, no, totally. And I I was so lucky that to have this guidance with me because I'm definitely not, you know, the person that will make a business plan or that will think of making one. If it wasn't for my boyfriend, I don't think I would have had one uh, up until now even. Whenever you were starting your company, what's something you wish you would have known in terms of like startup cost or like the time and effort between doing things? Like what's one takeaway? One mistake that I did right when I launched was that uh, someone contacted us and wanted to work with us, but I didn't know that it would be a trial and they just wanted to, you know, try it out with us. But that's not how I work. Like we don't do trials, but there was like this miscommunication between us. And so after two weeks of working together, I just sent that person an invoice and he was like, wait, why are you sending an invoice? And I said, well, it's for this service, this service, no, no, no. And he said, oh, we, but we never agreed on, you know, having like a payment. And so I realized, oh, wow, like, okay, I'm not going to go far if I don't right away, uh, you know, tap my feet and just tell the person, okay, well, you want to work with us? Like, sure, this will be the pricing and, you know, have it all by email, a proposal, the pricing, the brand book, everything is 
written clear so if you're starting your company i think it's really important that you really really think of these things because people are not gonna they can't take advantage of uh, your services for free and this time it was a miscommunication but it's important in general to make it clear so everybody knows and there is no miscommunication of you know how you work basically and then another one is And I said it right before, but it's learning how to say no, because we've had clients who worked with us and it wasn't working out and we had to let them go. And that's really because we know who we want to work with. And, you know, we know that it wasn't us doing a bad job. It was more of just it wasn't working out. It wasn't a good match. And that's fine because, you know, there's millions of social media agencies. So if it wasn't us, it's going to be someone else. But when we learn how to say no, we let go. And then, you know, we feel better, the person feels better, and we move on and we're on to better things. That would be my two takeaways of starting a company. I love that. You said if we say no, we let things go. That's like such a good just aspect of life because whenever you learn to say no, you're realizing that it's okay to not put the energy into something if it's not going to align with like your values or your vision. And like, That's so pivotal if you're trying to build something or even like just within your daily life. Like if you surround yourself with people that don't align with who you're trying to become, like things aren't just going to work out. So I think you're so spot on. Oh my God, so much yes to this. So much yes, really. Because imagine if, okay, I have the perfect example. It's like right now our clients are mainly in fashion, lifestyle, beauty sector. It's like if I started saying yes to people that work in the car sector, in the sports sector, and then, you know, I would say yes to one, yes to another, yes to another. And then, you know, I would only have clients who work in cars and I would be like, oh, wait, but that's not what I'm interested in. But then you're stuck with all these people that aren't in the field that you're interested in. So if you learn how to say no the first time, then you really stay on track, like you stay what you're meant to be doing. Absolutely. And that also, like, if you think about it, you're specializing in those fields. So people that are within those fields or want to refer you, they know to go to your business. If you start to do all these different things, yes, that's great. And you open like your your market and your customers. But the thing is, you're kind of stretching yourself too thin and then you start to lose like what you actually specialize in. Yeah. So I kind of want to focus on some like learnings and strategies of like developing a company. So when you were starting your agency, what's like something that was surprising when you were creating it first? Like what's something you found out that you didn't know? I guess I didn't know that really working together with others would be so important because yes, I wanted to grow a team, but I didn't think I would do it so quick and right away. But I realized that no, it's much needed. Like you can do it all by yourself. You can do it all. I couldn't do the website by myself. I with you know, working with three clients at the same time and doing invoices and then doing also prospection and then also taking care of the BMG account and of my personal account because, you know, it's so many things at all at once. So I feel like this was something that I really didn't know would happen so quick, at least for BMG, because within the first month uh, in June 2020, we hired the first uh, team member, Jasmine, who's actually uh, finishing up the year with us at the end of the week. But yeah, that would be something. Yeah. And I think kind of just relying on your other team members is like such an important thing. I mean, I do this podcast solo, but in any other company and you're creating things with other founders, it's important to kind of distribute like the weight 
just so like someone isn't like overbared with like way too much work and then everything starts to get like overwhelming. So I think that's a really like smart aspect when you're starting a business to kind of like distribute the responsibility. So everything's kind of equal in a way. Yeah. And you're doing a really, really good job. I mean, the branding is on point and do have a little like tips and advices for you, but the rest is like so good and it just flows uh, really, really well. Thank you. But also adding on to what you said, basically when Jasmine started, I was still very picky and uh, a bit like micromanaging even because, you know, it was my baby and BMG is very precious to me. So one of our values is open communication. And in July, I was really micromanaging uh, without, you know, being conscious about it. And so Jasmine actually told me like, hey, listen, you know, like, I feel like I've been micromanaged this week and it would be so good if like you could delegate it to me entirely and, you know, trust me. And that was that really hit me. And ever since she told me that, I mean, we haven't had a single problem. And I also know how to treat other members uh, of the team uh, by not doing that mistake. Just because it was so hard for me to delegate at first, even though I do enjoy working with people, it's hard to say, okay, well, you know, do the stories entirely and it's okay. Like, I don't even have to approve them. Yeah. And you mentioned open communication. I think that's such like a pivotal aspect of like a successful business Because whenever you kind of start to have like the hierarchy, it kind of starts to create this like separation of, I don't know if I can say this, like maybe I should tell them to help the business, maybe I shouldn't. But having that really just helps you kind of, I don't know, equally communicate and then to kind of clear the roadblocks that are kind of setting the business back. So then ultimately the business can then grow. Yeah. And that's also something really important. I really don't like the word, you know, boss, because I don't think that I'm a boss. I think of myself more as a leader and also as someone who grows a team. And so whenever we work all together up until April, we were a team of five, but now some people left and uh, someone else came in, but we're down to three and we're all just working together. I don't like being referred as, you know, oh, the big boss and we have to like be scared of her and have things approved by her. Like, I really think of this as just a group work, just as if, you know, we were in class and, you know, we have a team project. Maybe it's because I'm still young and I still have this mindset. And also I know that like the previous generation maybe doesn't think of it like this. And today it's more like that. But I'm really glad that it's like that because I also wouldn't look down on the people working, you know, with me. I think that they're as talented as I am and they actually know more than I do on some things. So it's really just we complete one another in the end. And that's also why I love referring the team as like people who work with me, uh, not people who work for me because it's such a different language. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of want to segue into like, entrepreneurial vision and kind of building that into something and bringing it to life. So whenever you're kind of creating the vision for your company, how did you kind of curate the brand so then individuals knew that they could trust you and wanted to like work with you? Yeah. So because it all came from my personal network at first, I feel like that's how people could trust me because I've always shown my face. I've always, you know, done stories and I'm talking, always doing like IGTVs and fun little things where really I'm an open book. I 
don't share everything from my life, but I do share a lot. And I know that people know that. And so when it BMG launched, it was just, I don't know how to explain. It felt like friends slash followers were just like, okay, like she launched a business and we feel like we already know it because it's Sharon. So I was, you know, pretty happy about that. But today uh, it's different story because it's been a year. So to keep this trust when people land on her page, it's Again, the same uh, thing that I've been doing on my personal page, and it's to show the team members, it's to do, uh, you know, IG takeovers, it's really to show our faces. I think that when people see a face behind a brand, they automatically feel a bit safer and uh, to like see someone rather than to just see text and photos that aren't yours. So we really try to have that in the BMG uh, Instagram feed. Yeah. And it also makes it a lot more like personable. Whenever you know the person behind the company, it just allows you to relate and to kind of like think like, oh, he or she did that. Like, that's awesome. I want to support this company because I believe in what their values are or their mission aligns with what I support. Totally. And I mean, yeah, no, I have nothing to say. It's you you said it all. And it's really bad. I feel like people who go on the BMG page and then, you know, if they click on my profile, they're just going to be like, okay, like they're going to associate just my page and Brands Media Group. So, you know, it's good and bad at the same time because I'm kind of the face of my company. So it's not always good to have you associate to your company because you have to really sometimes push it aside and tell yourself, okay, well, you know, I'm not the company. I'm just the face of it. So making a difference between those two things. Yeah. So what are some ways that you kind of push for like the growth of your business? Like, What's next for Brands Media Group? So before we were five, so it was myself, Annabelle and Jasmine as community manager and Trinity and Noyonika as contributor writers. And uh, Noyo, Annabelle and Jasmine are leaving slash left. And Tessie is actually starting next week. And Tessie is going to be the new community manager slash business development person. So she's going to be scaling the company by getting us new clients, doing a lot of the prospection work there is to do. And that's really how I want to evolve BMG. So it's with gaining new clients, but also right now we're mainly focusing on influencer partnerships and content creation. And I really would love in the next you know two years to be a full 360 communication agency. So website development, uh, photography work, paid social, also really everything. I know it can't happen overnight. So the goal is to just hire people who are talented in this field and, you know, join the team and do their magic. I always tell people that we're just a part of the puzzle because doing content creation is great, but it's not everything. And so uh, to really grow a brand, you need to have the whole 360 aspect. And right now we don't have it all, but it's the plan for the next few years. Yeah. I love that. The 360 aspect, like kind of building out every piece of like starting a business or creating a social impact within your company. So then you can offer like kind of every step of the way when someone's trying to build something. Yeah, exactly. So the last question I have is if someone is wanting to start a business, what's the best piece of advice you could offer them? So the piece of advice I would give to anybody who wants to start a business is actually two things. So first of all, say yes to every opportunity because sometimes uh, you never know where, you know, something you say yes to might lead you in the future. I'll give a really good example of something that happened to me last year. 
After I finished school, I had signed up to do a six-month internship at WSN, which is where they do the biggest trade shows in Paris uh, during Fashion Week. And I was so excited about it. And after uh, COVID hit, I went back home. I launched BMG. And then I was supposed to start the internship in July. So I that's why I hired Jasmine, because I couldn't do the internship all day. And then uh, BMG with the three clients. After three weeks of doing the internship, I just realized that I really wanted to focus on BMG and go full force on it. So I quit the internship. And eight months later, they reached out to us and wanted to work with us as an agency. For example, in June, right before going back to Paris last year, I was telling my parents, I'm going to tell them I can't do it. I I don't want to start it. But if I hadn't started, they wouldn't be our clients today. And uh, you know, it would have been so different. So saying yes to opportunities is one piece of advice. And the second piece of advice would be to be kind, uh, just because once again, it's kind of the same idea, but you never know who you're going to work with later or, you know, meet. And then um, maybe they'll reach out to you again a few months after, a few weeks after. So, you know, just staying kind. I feel like in the fashion industry, especially, there's a lot of people who just talk to talk and sometimes There's just, you know, just staying kind to to yourself, to other people, uh, taking the time to do things also for yourself, to breathe and just do everything with a passion. Because in the end, up until now, and I'm not kidding, there's not a day where I woke up and I was like, oh, I have to go to work. Like, I promise you, this didn't happen to me once. The only thing I felt maybe like in negative emotions would be maybe stressed or scared just because of the pressure of clients. But aside from that, there was nothing where I was like, oh, my job, I hate it. So it's just the best feeling in the world. And there's nothing more rewarding from it. So this is something I highly suggest. Don't do something if you don't love it. I promise you there's other fields that are waiting for you. And yeah. Absolutely. And I love the examples you included. And that's such like an important aspect of really just understanding saying yes to everything. Like you said, like if you didn't say yes, you wouldn't have got the later client. And like if you didn't say yes to starting your business, you wouldn't be a founder today. Like there are so many different things you don't know, like the ripple effect of starting something. And it's so interesting to see where it goes and takes you. Yeah, I agree. And I can't wait to see where it goes because that's exactly what I tell my boyfriend all the time. It's like, wow, I can't believe like yesterday I was thinking of something and today, you know, it's happening or it's just the craziest thing happening. And I'm just like, wait, what? Like, how is this my life? Like, how am I talking to this influencer now on a Zoom call? And I, she was just like one of my favorite influencers. And I was just DMing her at some point. So yeah, it's just life is full of surprises and like starting something of your own just makes you realize that even more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sharon, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for reaching out to us and uh, to me and uh, for this opportunity. It was great. I hope you enjoyed listening to that episode with Sharon and I, and it was such a great conversation. And I hope that you're able to take away just a lot of aspects of creating a company and the various components that go into it. Please leave a review on Apple Podcast for Multipassionaire. It really helps the podcast out. And make sure to follow our Instagram at Multipassionaire. Stay tuned for a new episode twice a month.